The Barn Isle, Episode 9, Walk This Way. Howdy hi everybody, how are you today? Welcome to The Barn Isle. My name is Denise Ewell and I'm your host and I want to thank you for tuning in this week. I'm a USHJA certified hunter jumper trainer, I'm a barn owner, and I have over 30 years professional experience in the industry. I want to pay it forward to all of you by sharing my experiences and provide ideas to help you with your riding and your horse. Why do riders not spend more time at the walk? That was the topic of conversation the other day. Why do riders get on and walk once around the ring and then just start trotting? Is it because it's boring? Or is it because it's hard? Riding at the walk is probably one of the most underrated and most important things you can do for your horse in your riding. I have heard many times that the walk is the hardest gate to get right and it's the easiest gate to ruin. And when you watch a horse in motion, I think it's probably the hardest gate to really understand. When you're sitting along the side of an arena and you're watching a horse trot or you're watching a horse canter, it's pretty easy to see the rhythm of those gates. The trot is a two-beat gait. It has a very definite up and down motion as the horse's feet are hitting the ground and then leaving the ground, each stride separated by a moment of suspension. And by a moment of suspension, what we mean is that all of the horse's legs are off the ground at once. So if you were to take a photograph at that moment, no part of the horse would be touching the ground. One hind leg and the opposite front leg leave the ground together, while the other pair of hind leg and opposite front leg are on the ground. When a horse pushes off in the trot to switch its pair of legs, you get that moment of suspension. While observing the horse, notice how still the horse's head and neck are. The horse does not need to adjust his head and neck position for balance because of the symmetry of movement of the horse's legs in the trot. The canter is a three-beat gait. There are three beats in each stride. The first beat is a hind leg, let's say the left hind. The second beat is a diagonal pair of legs. So if beat one was the left hind, beat two would be the right hind and the left front hitting the ground simultaneously. The third beat of the canter in this example would be the right foreleg. As the right fore completes its cycle, the horse will be in a moment of suspension in between strides. In this example, the horse is considered to be on the right lead because the right foreleg appears to be leading as the horse moves across the ground. As the horse pushes off with the hind foot to canter, he pushes his body weight forward to the front end. After the third beat of the canter, the horse must pick itself up and rock back, thus creating a rhythmic rocking horse motion. In both the trot and the canter, the moment of suspension defines each stride. It gives you a very clear rhythm to those gates. The walk has no moment of suspension, so the horse is always in contact with the ground. The walk is a four-beat gait. 
each beat representing each foot as it is placed on the ground. When the horse is walking, they place their feet in the following way. They place their left hind, then their left front, right hind, right front. Left hind, left front, right hind, right front. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Four beats, no suspension. I suspect it's this lack of suspension that makes the walk so difficult to master and so easy to ruin. With both the trot and the canter, you have that bit of bounce, that bit of thrust that gives you a sense of where your horse is underneath of you. In the walk, it's more of a swing. As the horse strides across the ground, its head and neck oscillates with the motion of the front feet as they hit the ground. The horse's neck stretches forward, the back swings, and the rider must follow this movement through his own body in order to follow the rhythm and motion of the walk. The rider's body is in motion itself. As the horse's head and neck is stretching downward with the footfalls of the front legs, the rider's shoulders, elbows, forearms, and hands must follow that movement of the neck, creating a slight rowing motion with the arms. As the horse's back is swinging, there's a slight motion from side to side and front to back. The rider's hips and seat and legs must follow the body motion of the horse. There's a lot of stuff going on in a horse's walk. So to be able to ride it well, you need to be aware of what your body and the horse's body is doing. Humans walk without a moment of suspension. Humans always have a foot on the ground. So concentrating on your own walk will help you improve the walk of your horse. So here's an exercise you can do at home without having to be on a horse to help you develop a little more body awareness. Find an area where you can have a straightaway to walk several steps in a row. Place your hands on your hips and just walk a straight line. And be aware of the feeling of your hips swinging from side to side as you walk. Walk back and forth a few times. Close your eyes. Really concentrate on how your hips are moving. Once you feel like you have a good feeling of how your hips swing, try to stiffen your hips at the walk. And notice what happens to your gait. You should notice that your gait becomes more stilted and tense and that the length of your stride shortens. Then relax your hips again and walk normally. Then try changing your length of stride while you're keeping your hips relaxed. Leave your hands on your hips so you can really feel what's going on. The bigger your stride is, the more swing you have in your hips. The shorter your stride is, the less swing you have in your hips. And the tighter your hips are, the more restriction you will feel in your stride. And if you put a little bit of excessive motion into your hips and really sashay across the ground, you'll notice that you don't really go any faster. It's just sort of a waste of energy. All these characteristics translate through the saddle to the horse's back 
And the more aware you are of the suppleness of your hips, the easier it will be for you to follow the motion of your horse's back with your seat when you're riding and therefore improve the quality of your horse's gaits, especially the walk. Being in motion on a moving animal is most definitely not an easy thing to master. But by working on your body awareness and understanding the mechanics of the footfalls of how a horse moves, odds are you're going to be taking a step in the right direction. That's all I've got for you this time. I hope it's helpful. Have a great day riding, and I'll see you soon in the barn aisle. Happy trails. Hi there, it's Denise again. I hope you're enjoying my podcast and finding it somewhat useful for your daily life around the barn. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics for my show, please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. I can be found at Barn Isle Podcast or on Twitter at Barn Isle Pod. Thanks so much for your support and I'll be talking to you soon. Have a great one.